Have you ever talked to someone who supported abortion for her friend's sake? Let's talk about how we can respond. Come debrief with us. Hi, I'm Lexi, and joining me as always are Seth and Ethan, and we're debriefing pro-life outreach. Seth, give us an outreach highlight for this week. All right, so I have an interaction that I was thinking about from Youngstown State University, where we were in, in the middle, we were doing open microphone, which is always one of my favorite parts of our outreaches, when I can be on the microphone, talking to students, getting questions, and this student came up, and she was, she started asking questions about, do I, she said, I have a question for you as a white man, so <laughs> you can always see where it's going to go, right? Yeah. Which, okay, this is a podcast, you can't see me, I am white, and I am a <laughs> man so there you go um and she was not she was a black woman and so she was asking me do i know how the government is destroying black communities and how there's a lot of fatherlessness in the black community and i said yes i do like that's Mm -hmm. a huge issue right now interestingly though she said that's why we need access to abortion okay which is interesting on many levels right but i I explained her which i think that you guys understand and most of our listeners probably do as well that if you're concerned about the black community you ought to oppose abortion right absolutely because clearly abortion is the number one killer of black people in america in new york city more babies are aborted than born alive and so that's what i shared with her but she of course was not initially mm, satisfied by uh-huh. this, I would say, right? <laughs> yeah. But I think it was just a highlight for me that I think a lot of people have these concerns as long as you're born. When you're pre-born, they don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and obviously it's not like helping anybody to kill their child, to abort right. their child. That's not helping the situation whatsoever, no matter who you are getting the abortion. Yeah. The child isn't the problem. There are outside circumstances that are the problem. The child's exactly. innocent. So... Fatherlessness is bad because dads are not fulfilling their obligations. Abortion is bad because moms and dads don't fulfill their obligations. Absolutely. Connected. You can't, yeah, you can't solve a problem by partaking in the same uh, thing that caused the problem yeah. to begin with. It's so, a fallacy. Two wrongs yeah. don't make a right. Absolutely. Well, this is going to be a conversation kind of not really along those lines, but it is at a college. So this is at uh, BGSU, and that is Bowling Green State University. In Bowling Green, Ohio. In Bowling Green, Ohio. So this is a conversation that Evangeline had with a college student, and she supported abortion. This was a pretty brief interaction, but we'll get to hear the very first part of their their interaction. I'll tell you what happened later on in the conversation after we listen. Um, I am personally pro-choice, but that's just because of lots of family situations mm-hmm. with, like, rape that I... Yeah. personally experienced and like my friends have experienced and it's not like I don't know I'm I've had a lot of time to think about it and I don't think personally that I would get one but I also don't think that I have the um, responsibility of deciding what other people should do yeah because like yeah. I know that everybody has their own opinion and has their own personal experiences that happen and I would never want like one of my best friends to go through a traumatizing yeah. experience and then like have to mm-hmm try to raise a child without like the financial responsibility physical mental you know like but for sure yeah yeah. Mm. so i was interested in talking about this one in particular because she talks mostly about real experiences a lot of times we talk about somebody gives the case for abortion in the case of rape but they're not really talking about their own experience. Mm-hmm. It's more just broad. Well, what if somebody is raped? This girl, though, however, she focused on a personal experience, her friends, her herself, her friends, which I found interesting. She made it real personal. Abortion is personal to her. Mm. But on the other hand, she doesn't want it to be too, too personal 
of saying no abortion is wrong because she doesn't think she has the responsibility to tell somebody what they should do. So in one hand, it is personal. It's something happening to her and her friends. But on the other hand, it's a distant thing that we shouldn't really be telling women what to do in that circumstance, Mm -hmm. which I understand in her mind, it's actually, we'd probably be wrong for us to tell somebody not to have an abortion, but either way, if we support abortion, if we don't support abortion, we're making real statements towards other people for what they can or should do in their lives, if that makes sense. So what's y'all's initial reactions to her statement of, I have personal experience with sexual assaults. My friends have personal experience with sexual assault. Later on in the conversation, she tells Evangeline that she was sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. How do we first respond to that? Because Evangeline did it really well, and I'll tell you what she said after. I think right off the bat, tread lightly. Depending on who you talk to, there are some people, like you said, who bring up rape and incest as kind of a got you question. They're like, well, what about this? And so with those kind of people, you know, I give them an answer equal to how they ask the question. For someone like this who has actually experienced this kind of trauma and hardship, tread lightly. This person obviously has gone through suffering, and I think we need to let them know that we care about them as a person and what they did through. Now, that doesn't their suffering doesn't condone actions that other people take or actions that they take, but we should acknowledge that they have suffered. And I think right off the bat, that is what, going into that conversation, that would be my mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that I... I'm thinking that for people who are trying to wrap their heads around this, because we do hear this not in not infrequently, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That people have experienced rape, and I think it is indicative of just understanding the culture we're speaking to as part of uh, to, the culture we're speaking to and the culture we belong to is a rape culture, right? Mm-hmm. And so I it, I think of Jonathan and Marin's book, The Culture War. He's a chapter that I believe called the rape culture on campus. No one is talking about, right? Mm-hmm. And so. A lot of sexual assaults are happening now because of the pervasiveness of violent pornography. All pornography is wrong, but there's a lot of violent pornography today. And so I think I have great sympathy for this girl because there is this predatorial nature that men have taken on and they are celebrated for today. So I think just have in the back of your mind like that there is a culture we're building up. I need to speak not only to this individual person, but I also need to be part of correcting this culture, which is destroying people. So Evangeline was actually doing exactly what you were saying, Ethan, right after mm-hmm. she shared that Evangeline was very apologetic. I'm so sorry to hear that you have faced trauma, that your friends have faced that, and that is completely unacceptable. I think there should be justice for people who have done that, and I believe that we need to have stricter laws in that because she's like a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, go free after committing assault and that's not right. And so they kind of bonded over that. And that mm-hmm. really, I think, made this girl's guard drop a little bit. And so she was oh. able to continue the conversation. After that, Evangeline shifted her focus to saying, okay, well, I think in this conversation, what really matters is who are the beings in the womb Mm -hmm. are they human and if they're human that's going to completely change our perspective that's going to completely change this conversation Mm -hmm. she even says i would be pro-abortion if this being wasn't a human being like whatever this is isn't a living human being that would completely change the conversation right and so then the girl she's speaking to says well 
I understand what you're saying there. I, I think that's correct. I don't really know where I stand on that, though. Mm. She says that I'm still educating myself as to what I personally think about when life begins. Mm. Can you kind of unpack that statement when you hear something like that? I, I, I'm i still educating myself as to what I personally think about when life begins. What do you initially think of when you hear that, Seth? The key word is personally. And I think that it's so instructive listening to this conversation that she came to abortion, her view on it for personal reasons. When it comes to when human life begins, she doesn't know where she personally stands on it, right? So she's looking at everything through a very subjective lens. What do I feel and what do I think about something? Not what is real outside of me. So we would all say that it is true that we are sitting at a table right now. Whether you believe we're sitting inside a car or a table, what you believe is not necessarily what defines reality. What matters is what is what is true is when your idea matches reality. So mm-hmm. whether she thinks the baby's a person or not is irrelevant or the baby's a human or not is irrelevant, but she does not see it that way. Yeah. She's looking at things through a very subjective lens. And that's why I think Evangeline was so artful by not just jumping to the objective, they're humans first, but dealing with the subjective issue, showing concern for her as a person, for her experience and her background. People are not going to listen to us so often to what we have to say about objective questions like when does life begin? Is abortion right or wrong? Like they don't care often if we're not showing interest in them subjectively, but then you still got to bring them to the objective truth, right? right. And that's what Vanny was doing. And so I think that we're seeing, even with her response there, she was struggling to track with Evangeline. She's still stuck in that subjective framework. And I think her view of when life begins is going to instead of her view of when life begins educating her on the view of abortion her view of abortion is going to educate her on the view of yes, when life begins that's a good point and i think that's the case for many people the question of who are the beings in the womb are they living that's not the initial question the initial question is what do i think about abortion and then that's mm-hmm. going to educate me on when life begins yeah many many times i think across the board despite the where we are what college campus we're on or if we're in downtown conducting outreach people first ask the question what do i think about abortion how does abortion make me feel mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. they ask the question of when human life begins. So we kind of need to flip that mindset. Yeah. yeah. First, we need to get all of our facts in a row, and then we can have an educator's response on the moral question of abortion. But first, we need to know what abortion is yeah. and what it's actually doing. Yeah, they're kind of putting the cart before the horse mm-hmm. in our line of questioning. You should never start with what you want to accomplish and then determine in this case you know when life begins because if you have a goal that you want to accomplish and you're very dedicated to that goal that is going to skew the way you want to see facts and in this case Mm -hmm. supporters of abortion they want abortion and so that is going to skew when they think life begins rather we should approach it with okay when does human life begin when do we get value when we talk about anything and that should be our foundation for then what people can do and what we can do to people. Yeah, that's a good point. Imagine we thought about, if what if we thought about any other issue that way, like I'm not going to think about 
whether African-American people are people and if it's right or wrong to enslave them. Let's first think about yeah. how does slavery affect America? Well, maybe it's economic benefit to America. So let's allow slavery, right? right. You could see why people would come to that mindset. Or, you know, Ethan has his, um, his microphone right now sitting on a book called A Problem from Hell about America, the age of genocide by Powers, right? Samantha Powers, I think is her mm-hmm. name. Yeah. Oh, and it talks about many genocides and how we're inactive in them. And I think about the Rwandan genocide or people, a lot of people like our own president said, you know, it's a, it's a very complex issue with a lot of history there so we shouldn't get involved in it right so we mm-hmm. think about how do i feel about the scenario rather than saying well, what is happening yeah. people are being slaughtered that commands my action of some level right? right so we so often go with what you're saying lexi which is not the initial right questions instead we jump to how do i feel about the scenario or how mm-hmm. can i kind of uncomfortably get out of it because i don't, I don't want to deal with it in my own mind yeah and i think a lot of times our personal experiences educate us on our beliefs, our viewpoints, and that's what really causes us to behave in the way that we behave. And that's not necessarily wrong, right? It's not wrong to have life experiences educate us on, on certain things. But whenever our life experiences and maybe some trials or some moments of, uh, uh, when you're victimized, if Mm -hmm. that is what is going to compel you to deny reality, we need to not allow those experiences to overtake us, right? Mm -hmm. How do you do that? Well, that's kind of, Seth, you stole my question. (laughs) I was gearing that all up to ask y'all because I don't really know because I think we all can do that. Every single one of us can can fall prey to (laughs) allowing our limited perspective, our limited life experiences. I think especially as like younger people, I feel like me, hopefully if I make it to you, you know, 70 years old, I'll look back and be like, oh my goodness, you thought these things just because you had such a narrow view of the Mm, world. And I think once I have more life experiences, once I see more things, I'll be able to understand kind of my blind spots more. Mm -hmm. So I think we all can fall prey to it, but how do we kind of get outside of our limited experience to focus on the truth? I think by trying to have a biblical worldview and all that we do, because I think we can look to the Bible to apply to every single aspect of our life. And Mm -hmm. that's something outside of all of us that no matter if you live in Africa, if you live in China, if you live in America, we all can be reading the same Bible and we can all kind of come to the same conclusions of worldview topics, or I guess everything is worldview, but moral topics, especially. So kind of focusing your eyes on the Bible versus focusing your eyes on personal experience and what you, your preferences can make you a little bit more safeguarded from falling prey to believing false things mm-hmm. so yeah i really really like that because you have people on outreach who will tell you oh well if you just grow older you know you gain a few more years of experience you'll see how abortion is yeah. really a good thing absolutely and it's like my position though is not based on my personal experience yes. what i experienced doesn't change reality now, ethan you're one unplanned pregnancy away from being pro-abortion <laughs> well that's what they tell me so <laughs> not sure it's gonna happen for you but. yeah i don't think that will happen um, for you but yes, this having this objective standard that we base our thinking on. And then like you were saying, thinking versus feelings, our thinking, which is informed by this objective standard, should inform our feelings. Because I think this, this can play into an excellent example of this is people who struggle with gender dysphoria, mm-hmm. who feel like they're not in the right body. Yeah. And in that scenario, what they need to be told in a loving manner is that, you need to change your feelings to match reality. 
because what you're feeling is not true. It's right. false. Mm-hmm. Our feelings can deceive us. Emotions are very easily manipulated. You know, it can be good when we have emotions and feelings and they can be correct, but we have to be weary of them because they can be so easily twisted. Yeah. And so it's important, like you were saying, to have that objective standard from which to guide our thinking and then from which that thinking we guide our feelings. That's a really good point. And I remember just kind of driving this whole idea home, you know, a couple of years ago or whenever I get sick, but I remember distinctly when I had COVID a couple mm-hmm. years ago, as everyone probably listening did at one yeah. point, right? And you feel terrible as long as you're living inside your own house. Right. I started to feel better when I would make myself go walk outside. Like, see, there's a world out here still, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> this is not like the whole world crumble because I feel terrible, uh-huh. yes. right? You touch reality. Remember, there is a real world outside of you. Yes. That reminds me that my feelings, how I feel is not decisive for the whole world. And so the same way I think about kind of getting back to your initial question, Lexi, that what well, I asked you and you were going to ask us, but how we do this and remember that our feelings are not everything yeah years ago a friend of uh, someone at my old church in indiana fort wayne indiana his wife passed away and i remember he didn't tell me this he told my father-in-law this that Mm -hmm. he was really struggling god did not feel real anymore Mm -hmm. he was dealing with the loss of his wife it did not feel right that there was a God who really loved him and that all that was real. It seemed like almost like he was sliding into naturalism, the idea that this world is all there is, kind of felt real to him. But he said, I remember the objective reasons I can't deny God's existence. The yeah. beginning of the world, the resurrection, yeah. all these things. And so you hold on to those objective realities, like going outside when you're sick and realize there's, there's still trees out here. Yeah. There's still birds mm-hmm. in the air, right? You go touch the real world again and remember what I feel is not decisive. This is not what proves what is true. What matters is there's a reality outside of me and you touch that. Yeah. Wow, that's really well said. And I think especially like even in the most hard times or even when you face sexual assault or something like that, you can't allow the sin in the world, you can't allow the evil in the world to skew your eyes from the truth. Mm -hmm. And you have to hold on to what you know. And some people don't know simple things like that. Mm -hmm. Some people don't even know what to hold on to. Right, they don't. You're right. And so fortunately for the the guy you're talking about, he had those truths Mm -hmm. to hold on to. And that's what, you know, even the conversations we have, they're just a few minutes long or 20 minutes long, 30 minutes, like at at tops, like an hour long or two hours, right? The truth that we can pour into these people's lives, hopefully when things are being shaken, they can hold on to that truth Mm -hmm. because sometimes people aren't ever told the truth and they're just applauded for believing their the things that they make in their own mind so this has been a good episode i think it's been interesting to to reflect on that point but if you could all please go leave us a five-star review so that more people could find this podcast that'd be awesome that's all we have for this week and as always thank you so much for debriefing with us